Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Decoding the music industry. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Sophia, um, and I am the chief community officer here at Beatport. Um, this is our new London HQ. I'm really happy that you've all come to join us. This is um, a panel which is part of uh, a three-part series and it's very focused on our DJ community, um, helping them give knowledge that they would find useful in their career. And this first one is focused on clubbing. Really excited to have what I would consider three huge London clubs here today, Fabric, Fold and E1. I'm not sure how often they hang out in a room and, and have a chat. <laughs> So I'm glad to have made this happen, um, but I'll let them introduce themselves, maybe say a little bit about the club that they work for and what they do in the club as well. Carolina? Uh, so yeah, I'm Carolina and um, I actually run our arts platform, which is a new experimental audiovisual um, multidisciplinary arts platform that we built inside Fold called Future Shock. Um, and uh, yeah, Fold is a uh, predominantly techno nightclub. I'm I'm sure people know about it, but yeah, we ha we have like a quite a famous uh, Sunday day party called Unfold. Um, and yeah, and Jacob. Yeah, uh, so my name is Jacob Jacob Hustley. Um, I've been at Fabric uh, I think next year 15 years. Um, uh, started out doing a Sunday party there, I was resident TJ and booking all the Sundays and that's pretty much what I still do. Also do some of the uh, Saturdays uh, with uh, Love Child, which is predominantly a brand record label that focuses on queer artists. Um, and that's it. Uh, I'm Tris, I work for E1. Um, much like Fold, we specialise quite a lot in techno, so I do majority of the bookings there. Um, I predominantly specialise myself in melodic and progressive house, so I do a lot of the programming for that. And yeah. Um, I thought we'd start with the current landscape. It's a huge topic, but the current landscape of the clubs today, what you've experienced in the last couple of years as well, and the changes. But yeah, can you describe your clubs at the moment and anything that you think a DJ should be aware of that they may not be? Um, there's a lot of challenges at the moment, um, especially with like growing DJ fees, um, also the cost of living prices as well. That's literally making everything a lot harder for us. Um, and especially, you know, the competitiveness in the market at the moment, everyone's trying to get the same few DJs for the night and it's, you know, it makes our job very, very tricky. So I think as, you know, as a newcomer DJ, especially you have to have a USP there to especially, you know, make yourself known in the market, make us, you know, yourself known to the club. Yeah. So I, current Clubland, I think since, um, since lockdown, we experienced, um, a different, uh, type of, uh, people going out, they kind a lot of the old people who were going out before, they had found new hobbies and and it was an, a, a moment to sort of um, restart again in a way. Uh, fabric, you know, we 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 took a moment myself as well. I've been doing events every week for for the past twelve years, and I had a break, you know, and and coming back was like a way of of reassessing everything. Um, a lot of artists, I think, struggled in that period. They might have just been about to make it. And then there was just a blackout for two years. And then they also had to restart. So you kind of had this reshuffle of some artists did very well in lockdown, especially the ones that was good on social media, et cetera. 
um, but the ones that weren't good at catching up with that were left behind. So it's been a very catch, like catching up sort of game since then. Understanding the new audience, uh, understanding the new, like where Clubland is right now. Um, uh, that, yeah. I feel like we have had a, like, obviously we started Unfold before um, lockdown, but uh, since coming back, um, I think because, like, we try to um, balance the lineup a lot between, like, emerging artists and then more well-known artists. And also we don't really allow, uh, announce lineups for, like, for, say, Unfold that we've, we've managed to kind of like build a community and we we kind of had that community before lockdown and we we kind of continued that as well with like doing the streams um, that we had in the lift. And so in a way we had like quite a lot of influx of people coming to specifically Unfold, um, which is a really amazing thing for us, but we're still trying to like figure out like what to do um and then also yeah what i do in terms of future shock is similar in the sense that it kind of is about um promoting younger more emerging artists and kind of diversifying the lineup in terms of like between both uh like some well-known artists and some emerging and giving them like the opportunity to to showcase what they're doing and and bring in this new age because I feel like that there is a different appetite now for um, what what people want, especially after lockdown, especially after like when people are making uh, art or music or audiovisual practices like during lockdown there is there is a lot out there for people to um and and I feel like we we're giving this space for them to kind of experiment and figure out and showcase this uh, potentially a new like way of working and then I also think that like giving <clears throat> like a space like with a, with an incredible sound system and audiovisual like um environment giving that to artists in a calmer way. So it's not necessarily just about um, about clubbing or like partying. It's also about just performance. So you can come there and just calmly watch something and enjoy it in that sense. And, um, and I feel like there is more of an appetite for that, like potentially. So I feel like we're trying to like figure out how to cater for all of those things, but also yeah, big lineups as well. I mean, it, it's difficult. Just listening to you, I want to go to a fold tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm there. Um, Tris, you mentioned, you know, uh, an artist and trying to compete maybe for a bigger name. Like if I think, for example, for Jeff Mills, I see him play at E1, I see him at Fabric, I see him at the Barbican. How does each club deal with that? Do you talk to each other? Like how do you manage an artist? on a bigger scale there's sort of uh <laughs> we don't talk too much to be honest <laughs> so the whole competitive element of it um what we generally do at fabric is that we um let each other know what genres are going on in the same night so there's no clash there at all um which sort of you know there's more opportunity for different stuff in london at the same time we can all work in this market and um not compete too much in that element jacob 
How does Fabric manage it? Uh, well, I think we very much just, you know, I would say like we focus on on what we do and try not to look too much at, at other places. Um, there is a, obviously there is a lot of crossovers and sometimes you feel people are copying you or you're being copied or whatever, but it's a matter of like being sticking true to your roots, I think. And, um, you know, Fabric is 25 years next year, so we've been doing it for a long time. A lot of these artists have been playing Fabric since the start, so... So they will continue to come and, and continue to enjoy playing there. If other clubs come in and they and do it as long as there's good spacing, you know, in theory, it doesn't matter, you know. And you seem to have a bit of a more unique space. I, I can imagine you two are competing more. Than yeah, all. yeah. I, I mean, I feel like in an ideal world, it would be better to have like uh, a more a collaborative like way of like being able to understand the community and like uh, each other kind of like work together to like kind of build up the industry and like support each other and have forums and talk to each other more about what what we're doing and help each other like ideally that that would be amazing but but yeah like a healthy competition <laughs> no, but I, I, to be honest i think it does happen i mean we do talk to each yeah. other you know yeah. like how was the weekend and how is it going and you know uh, you know i think in general it's it's not a hostile environment i think i mean having been to a lot of other places around you know other, like in italy or spain or whatever you know there's much more hostile environments between clubs and i don't think you really have that here in the same extent everyone is I mean, I know everyone pretty much, you know, as a friend between the different clubs, we come to each other, we talk to each other. I think as well, it's a, it's a good thing, like we did it last week, check in with the other clubs, how they're doing at the moment. It's been a really, really very tough summer. And um, I was talking with Andy Blunkett from Fabric last week. It's just like, yeah, we've had some of the best events ever and also some of the lowest as well. Just because, you know, the general cost of living crisis at the moment, people got a lot of money and also the fierce competitions. It's kind of no, nice to know that everyone's kind of on the same wavelength. Yeah, in, in general, we want everyone to do well. You know, we are we're colleagues in this industry and we want... Uh, everyone to thrive there's enough space for everyone to thrive so it's so but you know it is but it is a tough market at the moment you see how many clubs has closed in in the last year you know uh, across the uk um and you know it is getting you know harder and harder to 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 survive um yeah and how do you all make that balance between like you need to make the money you need to have the big names how do you still incorporate the sort of unknown artist on the lineup as well like and does that bias you often where you're like oh i really need to sell out this night like how do you keep that balance between you know younger unknown artists or is it just really difficult at the moment um i think i mean everyone has their their own strategies you know we we obviously we have friday saturday and sunday at the club and you know, we, we try and, you know, with quite different music between the diff three different nights. And, you know, Sundays is traditionally more up-and-coming artists that will kind of cut their teeth. A lot of them go on and will then grow into Saturdays or into into Fridays. The same with Fridays is, you know, they typically, you know, drum and bass, grime, etc. you know, have loads of up-and-coming DJs on their lineup supporting uh, bigger artists. And the same with, same with Saturdays. I think we're always trying to bring up new talent and on the lookout. We've got three rooms, so... 
you know that there is space and we and we constantly trying to look for th for those people who really want it all the time so very much what we do is we have our main headliners and then also we try and champion talent throughout each one we also have some nights as well like one we got tomorrow which is championing local melodic talent within london and at the same time we're bringing in you know a sort of a charity edge on that as well that people are really really interested and still will gravitate towards it i mean uh we're very community driven so a lot of the artists that um like people that come to fold feel like they're part of the community so they come for that a lot of the time and then also like in terms of we all everybody that plays is always amazing but a lot of them are like we're trying to do different things so for instance um we've got a new um night that uh lasha has spearheaded which is um called resistance which is basically about um the residents um curating their own lineups so then that they they bring in the artists that they feel inspired by and what they like artists they actually want to see play at fold uh, and then they play as well and then the the first one of this kind of new series is uh voice drone lasher is playing back to back for eight hours with each artist that he he eight likes hours. yeah i think it's eight hours i might be wrong um but yeah he's basically playing back to back all night with, with artists that he loves um and so in a way, it's kind of like an experimental approach to, to do something different. And I think people come for the community as well as the fact, and, and maybe some of them aren't that well known, but it's always amazing, like lineups. Um, say I'm a DJ, I'm not, <laughs> but if I was, um, I'm in a club, it, the whole thing, the whole setup just seems so big, so far away. I don't have a booking agent. I don't have a manager. I would love to be behind the decks. What? even basic advice could you give for someone like me, Tris? Um, there's a right and kind of wrong way to go about it, I find. I get a lot of messages on social media just being like, you know, straight away in, oh, here's my mix, I'm a DJ, I play Tech House. You've got to sort of get to know the club and then also um, the community as well. So make your space down there, go and find the right people. You can always ask around, like especially E1, we're a very nice, approachable club to come to. Um, literally get to know them on a personal basis first and then show what you can do for us, like what you'll bring to the club, why your music is different, why you think you could work on this lineup. And also, you know, bring in other projects as well. Like I've got someone bringing in an amazing AV project as well. And it's just sort of, you know, there's these extra things that add on which really make us want to champion these new people. Yeah, I mean, the same as you were saying, I think it's it's about community uh, and for for artists to, to kind of, create a community around themselves as well um so you know not looking at necessarily just being like oh i just want to jump from here up here but maybe like taking it in small steps you know looking around you and see what opportunities you have right in front of you you know in terms of creating a community around you maybe you start in a in a small space with 50 people and a nice sound system in your local area with your friends and you and you do a regular thing here and you pack that out and you create a really, like you build that community around yourself. I think the community is really like the, at the core in, in, in our industry. And then when you create that community, all of a sudden, it won't be you have to come to us. It'll be us going like, oh, can you bring your community to our club? Because we've seen what you've been doing. We've seen what you've been doing online. Maybe you've been doing like with Love Child, for example, 
we did panel talks um you know um we did um we just did like the, the london pride uh, a, a part of the parade there we've done um charity events like lots of different things like warehouse parties in in places and then we, we kind of went out of fabric and then back into fabric again and that's i think that's the that's the important thing is like thinking about yourself as you know building a community around yourself there is also another approach which is because i'm not saying everyone has that ability some people are just really gifted musicians and introvert and don't have, don't know how to do all those things and it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to have the ability to to do those things there's also like releasing music and and being discovered that way and it does happen you know um so you know whatever you aspire to i think it's just focus like focus on like your yourself and and having a clear idea of exactly where you want to go and like what your aims are yeah yeah i i agree because um i think that um it's about developing your own kind of artistry so what I mean, start a label by yourself um, if you don't want to go and find a community um, and get that out there. Um, and yeah, I, I would agree with the idea of like not just sending like endless mixes or um, anything like that to to a venue because it, it won't really get you anywhere. But I do, yeah, I think it's... Stop making mixes, everyone. <laughs> no, no, make I'll... a make a mix. No, no, I'll, but I'll... just don't, yeah. don't um, churn, send it out. Like, make... It's about, like, making contacts and, like, yeah, making a community and putting yourself out there, get yourself in shows. I mean, my background is more art-based, so it's, like, multidisciplinary art. So in that sense, I would say just get yourself in into more shows, like, put like put on stuff like you said and what does the word like community mean to you like it's in my role and it's something I'm always thinking about you know it's like a, a it's like a word of the moment at the moment I feel like you know everywhere you see that word community what does it mean in the clubbing space I, I think it's more like I'm just, I was going to say this in the back of this I think it's not just about the artists or the DJs it's also about the dancers and the ones who are, appreciate music and, and listen to bias music it's about supporting you know your friends and support and and being there supporting your local venues you know you have a community around all venues have their own community so to speak and it's a matter of like you know supporting your local like your local place, your friends, and and getting there behind them, you know that that for me is 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 a community, you know, and then you know those communities can then develop into like almost like a family feeling, you know, like every time because it's a meeting place, it's a place where you can be yourself, it's a place where you know that you know that that that's that's the amazing feeling in in with a community is that you you are basically a, a place where you can be yourself and you feel comfortable around the people that are, that are there all in the same space to do the same thing like everyone's there because they love the music at the end of the day and so it's a very beautiful thing people coming together and dancing to the same thing and um yeah it's all just positive vibes all around and uh, we get the same people come back every week you get to you know there's a community at e1 um you know literally it's like down a pub you have your regulars we have the same people coming every week then also a new crowd in as well and those people coming together, forming relationships, memories of time. That's what sort of makes it, you know, very, very special for me in particular. And I'm sure lots of people around us. I, I would just say, like, for example, 
like the fabric birthdays for me has always been this like you know obviously i've been there for a lot for many years but there's these special events where because it's so fabric is so old you have these special events where all the community comes out all the ones who came out like 15 20 years ago and the new ones who's just come and come every single week in the club and they kind of and you just feel like those events are really special and you know the right time to come you know like that 8 a.m 9 a.m in the morning like on the fabric birthday and you know that's when all the the real heads come out you know <laughs> like <laughs> So. Yeah, I just bumped into one of your colleagues earlier and I was like, I think I know you. And it was like, oh, it's 3 a.m. I know you. Sort of thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about community forever because I do feel like that is kind of what what we really do. We really have at Fold, like um, all, yeah, our we have our regulars but our family like the the team we're all friends really I mean I've known um Seb for like 20 years um and uh we yeah I feel like we're kind of like building something together um which which is really special and the amount of friends that I've made like through this era and uh yeah is and yeah on, on the topic of I think that most people that have come and joined the community, even during lockdown, are, are mainly DJs, artists, like, and so we have a sense of community in terms of, like, we talk about how, how we hang out, where we go, what we want to do, like, and we all hang out together all the time. So, yeah. It's, are you hanging out? Can I come? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, and how are you all discovering music? Like, is that still a thing? Like, how... Like, how are you finding new acts for lineups? And there's listening to, you know, SoundCloud, to be honest, searching through Spotify. Um, say Beatport, say Beatport. Uh? Say Beatport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, lots and lots of people. No um, free selling websites whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah, and also just lots of, you know, friends as well. We all, lot of my friend community, we all listen to the same music. So I literally do take suggestions from anyone. If you send me like something like, oh, this guy's really, really cool. Like, you know, I get to check out, I check out his social media. Is it popping off in a certain other country? Would I like to bring the sound over? Majority of the time, yes, there's amazing music out there. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think the, the biggest source is like recommendations. There's so many people all the time in talk that will come up and say, I oh, check this out. Like that, that excitement. And that's a lot of times when somebody like a low classes will go on my radar. It's when I hear that name, I hear it one time, and then you in another conversation, like, oh, you hear the same name again. You hear a few, you're like, okay, I need to take this guy out. Who is he? Or this girl out, you know? So I think in, in that aspect, and then obviously that's my own digging for my own music, which is, uh, you know, I want, you know, which is some beatport and some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I spend a lot of time like researching um and looking yeah a lot it's the same thing with like recommendations or sometimes it's people that come genuinely people that have actually come or I've been somewhere and then I started talking to somebody and it's through somebody else that's performed and they did something amazing and then they're actually in the same community or the same kind of crew or group and then they have their own project um but yeah, I do spend a lot of time researching and looking. And and now we have loads of studios at Fold. There's quite a lot of people there. So. 
what are you like looking out for is it the sound are you going as far as seeing how they play live is that of an interest or yeah generally it's just the music itself to be honest and you know their artist identity online as well it's going to fit in with our club what sort of nights this could work for um yeah the end of the day all just literally comes down to the music for me it's the most important thing um obviously you know we're a business as well these people go you know they're going to bring a crowd down they're going to sell tickets but genuinely for me as a booker if you know some stuff is just not of the standard it just you know doesn't work for me yeah and again going back to community again is a lot of it is you know one artist will leave to another you might book one and that artist you'll have a conversation with them about like who do you think would would work well in your lineup and that opens up to some of the artists that 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 person have in their immediate circle and in their and their crew and then you know you create like a micro climate that way or lineup i actually uh kind of come from a different perspective only because i think i'm doing something slightly different in terms of like performance night but um i kind of generally tend to think of a theme so like at the moment i'm like the idea uh is kind of um a surrounding a protest and like uh different forms of protest in terms of like potentially that like depression is a form of protest and it's usually based around what i'm thinking about or what i'm interested in or what i've read And then I'll base a theme and then I'll try to find artists that like fit within that theme um, that come from different genres because I want the performance to be um, like dynamic and have like a, a potentially like dance element or like pop experimental element or just live. So <clears throat> I, I do kind of get, come from a, a different place, I think. And I try to find the artists that, that fit that theme, but also aren't, necessarily just um like djs or um making music or it always has to be music focused but like um yeah audio visual or performative yeah it's great to know that that exists as well in clubs and it's not just like the typical cdj setup you mentioned online persona earlier how important is social media still when you're looking at choosing a dj or discovering one um it is important like it depends on scene as well so i find a lot of djs from the techno world as well less is more sometimes like they barely are posting social media it's not really a thing for them it's just sort of you know their growth as an artist through the music and then also performing for other scenes as well it is important like you have to have a clear identity um showing like you know what you're portraying what your music is about what you're about as a person um and also it's very obvious when people have manipulated social media that it's you know it's false people have bought followers they've um you know got pictures that it's actually not them djing there's all sorts going on there really? literally there's <laughs> I've had, i met a guy the other day that was um he literally admitted to me i go to dj things get behind the decks and take photos and pretends it was him <laughs> <laughs> So it is it's important, but to do it in the right way. Yeah, I mean, that it's again, that's just, just different approaches. Uh, again, like we were talking about before, there's different approaches to doing what you want to do. There are, you know, there are people who are really good at doing social media and TikTok videos and are making their careers that day that, that way. And that's just, that's one side. And sometimes I feel... Like it can be some people think, oh, I need to do all these things. I need to do that. But just, I think you just need to look inside yourself and say, what, what, who do you want to be? 
if you want to be that person, then there's a way to being a, a TikTok artist and, and a strategy that way. But there's also another way, you know, of promoting yourself. Um, and there's different tickets. You know, some people might sell lots of tickets. Some people might not, you know, like through through those things. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think you can tell, like, the type of person or the type of artist that's out there. Like, and, um, yeah, I think it's more about the music or what you're what you're looking for in terms of that person it doesn't actually matter to me at all like how many followers you have uh I'd rather that you don't have many followers oh, really <laughs> yeah, yeah like I don't I don't care um so yeah it, it it's I don't I don't think it matters as much anymore I think in fact it's the opposite in, in my opinion anyway I, I think it's split because I mean you you know you have like artists like Ricardo or Craig or like very typically fabric artists you know who don't have a socials and like despise it and and they still thrive they're still as big as they always were so like the concept that you have to do it you don't have to do it you know necessarily but there's also other people who has really done it with social media and they're going above and beyond what maybe those artists you know the old schoolers in that sense can get to but there's also like newer artists who are following that same model now, like I would say like more diggers and, and more, you know, people, this is a different approach, you know, you get known There's still, you can still be known as just being a, an amazing DJ digger and do well, like a ghost, for example, somebody like that, like that's just speaking from my side, you know, who's just, you know, made their name and just being amazing at, you know, finding amazing music, putting them together, old school DJing on vinyl that still works and at the same time there's other there's other ways where people focus on you know you know quick productions ghost producing whatever tiktok stories and that will just go through in six months and you'll be headlining festival stages and you know that's just two ways to 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 the market at the moment i think and it comes down to the audience like what you know Really? You get you hear it a lot from DJs that like it becomes such a task, like maintaining all their socials, and it kind of takes away from what they're really wanting to do, mm. and they feel this pressure. Like especially when you speak to DJs, a lot of them tend to be on the insular side. They're like, I really just don't want to do it. But like you say, you don't have to if it really isn't authentic to you, then yeah. just don't do it. Like the unfair side of it is that the, there are some amazing producers who sit and make tunes for the you know, these uh, for these kids or, you know, or TikTok artists who get m massive fees and it just never tickles down to the people who actually made that music, you know, and that's, you know, maybe like an unfair situation in the market at the moment. I think as well from like a slight to the other side, like a marketing sense for us, like sometimes a bigger follower is better. We use a lot of Facebook and Instagram ads to attract people to the club. If the audience isn't there, it's very, very hard to try and get the word out there. The amount of social media and the amount of, you know, it was just completely inundated. The whole society at the moment being sort of very instant gratification of everything, like one second of everything, one second of everything. If there's other stuff to get through, it's really, really tricky. So generally, we do have to look to the bigger following sometime. Yeah, thanks for that honesty in saying that. Um, I wanted to put it out to everyone here straight away. I want to just reflect quickly on the brand new 15,000 capacity venue, which is opening up um, drum sheds. Um, 
No, just the Broadway Life guys. I've worked with them. They're amazing. I want them to win. But I was curious, when they announced it, there was a tweet that went sort of semi-viral, um, at least um, in my orbit on Twitter, um, saying this is the last thing that London actually needs. This is the last sort of, you know, that size of venue is not what the community actually needs in terms of developing talent and perhaps like nurturing um, up-and-coming talent and venues like your own. Wondering if you have any reflections on that and how such a giant club might impact fees, which you were mentioning earlier, and also like your expectations of ticket wraps over the next year. Oh, well, Primworks has definitely affected all of our fees because obviously since it opened, was it six, seven years ago now, um, fees have skyrocketed. Um, obviously, what I think they have done is amazing. It's also brought uh, dance music to a lot of people that wouldn't have listened to it before. I know people that have gone to Primworks, like, you know, they don't even know who's playing, but at the same time, they're going to check it out. Um, I think, I hope it does well. I hope it does because it's, you know, it's, it's still a cool thing to do, have a large size venue in London. Like, you know, we're all, you know, pretty small, medium size. And, you know, it's nice to have that large race space and sort of bring it out to the masses. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, it would be interesting to see if it works on, the, on, the, on that scale exactly. But I, I agree in the sense that I think like for Fabric Sense, we just be such a different experience, you know, and... Again, I would say we just keep doing what we're doing and it works really well. People still want to come to get a club experience like high-end sound, um, you know, all the things the Fabric offer um, in central London. And then, you know, you can go out and have the other experience of 15,000 people, you know, um, big queues and, you know, can't get anywhere. <laughs> and you can't hear the sound properly and, you know, high prices to get in. Etc. Etc. And that's great if you like that. Otherwise, <laughs> so good luck to them. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I feel like a lot of the people that will go there probably wouldn't want to come to Fold anyway. And uh, um, I, I mean, I don't know that, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I do think that um, yeah, it's a very different thing, and I'm not too sure if it will affect that much like obviously it doesn't in terms of fees and things like that but like um yeah like the fact that we're community driven uh the fact that we have like a such a strong sense of like the minute you come into the venue like you feel at home you feel this it's a very different feeling to something that you would feel when you go there so i think there you would go specifically for a lineup or like a dj that you really really want to see whereas I think you would go for a different experience at Fold. Hi, my name is Clint. I'm a freelance event producer. I used to do a lot of work in the States, so like working with South by Southwest as well as uh, Golden Voice. There was an interesting article that I came across a while back. It was from Elias Light at um, Rolling Stone, basically talking about how uh, Gen Z in general is getting a little more adverse to just drinking alcohol at clubs in general. Um, and it may factor into just not really wanting to normalize it in their generation, but it also stems from maybe cost of living crisis. Like maybe the alcohol is too expensive and they prefer to pregame before prior to coming to the club. I understand that the ever evolving landscape of clubs, you guys think about this often. Let's just say that the mentality carries where a lot of younger folks that grow a little bit older definitely don't want to drink alcohol. I guess, like, is that a concern? And if so, like, are there any sort of 
like proposed thinkings that you guys are really mulling over in terms of like if alcohol was to no longer be a, a main primary driver for revenue? Um, I think since lockdown, especially a lot of the younger generation and a lot of people are being a lot more health conscious nowadays, which is definitely affecting, you know, people drinking in a club as well as some sort of a money sort of factor. Um, we do have other alternatives there. We have, um, you know, non-alcoholic beverages. We're selling vapes as well. I mean, a lot of my little brother's friends, they don't drink, they all just vape all the time. So it's another, it's another little source of revenue for us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, you're very on point there, I think. Um, I think it's not just that, but I think it's something about the way the, the younger generation goes out. Like, you know, back in the day, I used to literally go out from Thursday to Monday every week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but where, where now maybe it's more like you go for one big experience. This is maybe where these like print works or, or drum sets fall into that category because you kind of want that big moment. It's like a really big day out instead of it being like a, an ongoing sort of like I go out every weekend and this is what I do. I'm a clubber. That's what I do, you know. <laughs> um, and that definitely, I think that, you know, that aspect has, you know, has changed to some extent. Um, and then in, in terms of drinking, um, yeah, I don't know how much uh, effect we've seen, but we definitely are offering more things now. We're just about to open. The other thing, actually, this weekend, we're going to open a, a pizzeria inside Fabric, uh, a chuck shop, yeah. So, um, and... Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, if not this weekend, it's coming very soon. So, um, so yeah. Um, you mentioned that pretty much... Um, most younger people are maybe thinking about spending for one event. How how like ferociously do you guys have to really compete with festivals? Because it's you know, I, I definitely get that this is very much a festival culture, and you know a lot of festivals closing since COVID and such. But I'm I'm sure that you guys are also not only competing with clubs but also competing with other festivals as well. Especially since, like, you know, the festivals have been struggling as well. They've been created lots, especially in the booking world, they've been created lots of embargoes. So we can't announce certain artists until that festival is over. It's never used to happen before until this year. And it's, you know, it's re you know, we are trying to put these lineups out and we can't until that one's actually finished. Um, and it's, you know, it's a way shorter campaign than we used to have. Yeah. I mean, that I 100% relate to that problem. Um, and also, um, I mean, as you were saying about the less, money in the pocket you know you can that's quite a few plot like, venues now that's doing you know free entry uh events uh across london you know about various venues you know we you, you kind of have to to see that you know i realize that people have less money you know, on the sundays now we're starting to offer a free entry uh ticket a limited one like before 12 o'clock to cater for those people who are who's got less money and you have to kind of move with the times and understand that people everyone is is far less off, you know, at the moment and, and, and cases that. Well, I just want to go back to the other question that you had about uh, drinking. Um, yeah, I, I, def I agree in the sense that I think people are drinking less, especially like at um, certain things. But I, yeah, the, in terms of like mitigation of what we are doing, like we building, um, like we built 30 studios downstairs, um, which are hopefully like can bring in a lot more money for us so that we have 
uh, more, um, we can experiment more with lineups and uh, we're also building a restaurant uh, and we're building a record shop and a tattoo shop and a hairdresser. <laughs> I, th I think Sorry. it's funny that you mentioned all these things because it's like... It, it we is, have to do it. Yeah, we have to. We have to it's, it's like, you know, the, what people don't realize is there's massive overheads that happens in clubs. A lot of times people will come in and they go like, oh, it's amazing tonight. And they don't. And everyone's having a good time except the promoter who's like, well, I needed 200 more people before I broke even. You know, like... I'm crying inside and smiling on that, you know, like, you know, and that happens, that happens a lot. And, and people have this uh, idea that all clubs make tons and tons of money, you know, and it's, a, it, it's not like that. The only ones, we carry all the risk, you know, for every event. The only one that walks, you know, Ponta wants them has a good time. The artist walks in, takes their money, then the hotel and their dinner, and the promoter, is is left with all the risk and and uh, and to pay for all the bills and those bills didn't go away during covid sadly you know like they're coming back massively so so we are all trying i think you know to find different ways of as you were saying like that freedom of being able to book any one we want and sometimes you get why are you booking this this headliner that doesn't fit you know well, you have to you have to do those bookings in order to pay your overheads so you have the freedom to book the other artists yeah. you know so so and i think that's a really important message that people should understand about clubs at the moment and can we have one last question anyone no i want to know where you got your fabric socks from <laughs> I want to buy them. <laughs> I think that was um, that was the fabric birthday last year. We we always give every year. There's always been like one little thing we give out. Um, that's been very like uh, one for the. That was like a Fritz magnet, and that was uh, you know that was a that was a candle once, and that was nice, lots of different stuff. Yeah, like literally every year there's been a different thing. So. Well, I want to firstly say thank you to everyone who came today for our first panel in our office. Um, we have one next week as well, which will be record label versus self-distribution. So if you're interested to come to that, please do. And a huge, huge, huge thank you to our panelists. I thought they were amazing. Thank you. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Beatport presents. Decoding the music industry.